Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blaze 322 in the house, Memorial Day weekend edition, and then we're going to have a great show today. Today we will have WFLA Commissioner Brandon Shelby in the house. We're going to dive into his vision, what the league's going to look like in 2021, what they're working on right now. We're also going to talk to legendary quarterback K.K. Matheny, her career, and whether she's coming back for another season in 2021 since X-League pretty much canceled the season. Then we'll dive in with Nate Ward and Mackenzie Brooks, talking NFL news with Dak Prescott, big payouts for some of these uh, quarterbacks that are obviously the contributions probably don't weigh what they should get paid. So we'll kind of discuss that a little bit at this point. And then we'll dive into X-League at the end of the hour, uh, as well as women's football news and notes. Um, We have a lot of stuff at the Hub. If you haven't gone to the Hub, check out the Hub. I really, really appreciate everybody going there. We are just blowing up at the Hub. I really, really thank you, everybody, for going there. Our network is amazing, and uh, all their laboring is coming true now. We're doing fantastic. We're literally almost like 1,800 from 10,000 on Facebook. So bringing a a women's American football awareness to social media. Uh, You can use the hashtag NoJokeFootball. You can use the hashtag uh, GridironBeauties, however you want to use it. Just go to the Hub, share it with your friends you know, articles, videos, whatever, make comments. So really appreciate you guys going there. Uh, Big news this week, obviously the big news, WNFC iFund Women uh, announces a re-imaging to a sports grant that is going to be issued uh, by Adidas and iFund Women to the WNFC, which is a really cool thing. Uh, Makes 2021 a little stronger for the WNFC. It gives them an opportunity to kind of just do what they were doing before this COVID-19 state of mind. And so uh, we're looking forward to see how that's going to, um, you know, evolve in 2021. But uh, WNFC really looking forward to 2021, given this uh, latest announcement. Um, If you haven't gone to their uh, IG page at uh, WNFC on IG, uh, WNFC football on IG, check out the awesome post by Nicole Cabrera. Uh, out there, so it's really awesome. Check it out there at the IG page. You can also check it out at the Facebook page at WNFC. So, uh, you know, really cool uh, photo shoot. It was really done, nicely done, and that's what we want. We want visibility, we want attention, we want to make sure that everybody's aware that women do play American football, and there you go. That's uh, one of the statements that you can make there. WNFC, shout out to them. Um, if you have, if you're missing football, for example, if you have missed football, I know a lot of us have missed football. Um, if you're missing football right now, uh, the Women's Football Alliance has paired up with For the Fans and 11 Sports Weekly, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and some Saturday games. And you can catch pretty much previous seasons, like 2018, 2019. You can go back and replay those as well. This week, uh, they'll be announcing a couple more. So WFA on For the Fans and 11 Sports. And th- those are really cool championship, conference, all-stars, you name it, you're there. So if you haven't experienced Women's Football Alliance football action, 
or experience the superstars of the WFA, then uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. And we're in COVID state, so what else are you going to do, right? So if you want to go to uh, For the Fans and 11 Sports, go to the Hub. The link's right there, and we post it up. Otherwise, you can go to the Facebook page at Women's Football Alliance on. So um, the other thing we have going on at the Hub is a lot of articles, a lot of things. The w, WFLA uh, is uh, booming with international interest. So we have a lot of articles from various sources that we network with. Uh, in Canada, for example, we have Win- the uh, CBT Winnipeg doing a spotlight on Hannah McGowan and Brianna, Brianna Ward. We also have a spotlights from PostGuam.com doing a spotlight on all the athletes in the, uh, in the Guam Women's Tackle Football League. Cool article by uh, Portugal, uh, by Pon- uh, Ponium W, uh, made, uh, done by MJ Falcal, uh, who becomes obviously a pioneer in Portugal, uh, a women's American football for starting it all there as well. And there was a big, big announcement. Uh, Boston Renegades got a big shout-out from uh, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren on obviously the situation that's happening now. But, you know, shout-out to them for their championship pedigree, for their dedication to the sport and everything else, so you can check it out there at the Hub as well. And then there's a spotlight on Coach Konecki. Uh, coach Konecki, if you guys are familiar with, uh, uh, legendary coach in the WFA, uh, Chicago Force, very talented teams, playoff contention teams, and on top of that, uh, Team USA champion. First, uh, first Team USA, I believe, championship coach for Team USA, and they competed uh, in the first uh, IFAB World Championship. So check out the... Uh, article there of some of the stuff he's up uh, up doing right now and has to do with coaching and the uh, coaching network that he's working that he works with as well uh, there's an article on the bucks uh, the diversity of the bucks obviously hiring Moral Javadifar and uh, Lori Lokas big key obviously for uh, uh, Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers and a, a good uh, high priority for them so it's a really cool there on the spotlight uh, and a bummer because X-League 2020 was canceled. Um, we kind of anticipated that that was going to be the case. There was no real, um, I mean, I guess, you know, WNFC canceled, WFA canceled, pretty much every other international uh, organization canceled. So X-League cancels, and then obviously the Women's Football League in Mexico cancels, the the uh, Liga the Football uh, Bikini Cancun canceled, uh, the Liga del Pacifico in Mexico canceled, the WWCFL so everybody pretty much has completely just, you know, wants to forget 2020. Really, everybody just wants to get over 2020 and um, and just move on to 2021. And I think it's going to be really exciting to do that. Unfortunately, we still have to deal with this whole virus thing for the offseason. Uh, we're crossing our fingers that obviously the NFL will do some uh, normality for us to get excited for, whether there be uh, fans in the stands at six feet, social distancing, uh, wearing masks, um, I mean, that's still to be decided, obviously, with certain states opening up and certain states still on lockdown. Um, so I don't know what, you know, how that's going to happen or how that's going to affect everybody. Uh, NCAA June announces June 1st, uh, voluntary return to June 30th. Uh, NCAA clubs or universities can return to voluntary activities. So they can go back and start doing uh, outside activities, obviously, with some of the guidelines that are in place as well. And then uh, there's, uh, you know, things that are obviously going to be changed. Um, I don't know if the college football season is going to be the same. 
Um, and a lot of you know a lot of people are going, hey, we don't need to put them through that. Uh, they don't get paid. Uh, it's not a situation where it's that important. They could take a season off. They got enough volume and money and everything else in the universities. Um, the NCAA really, I think, uh, goes hand in hand with the NFL in a lot of ways. So if we don't have, you know, football, I guess is what I'm getting at. If we're not having, if we don't have any football, professional football, in other words, um, that's going to be such a uh, emotional crush for all of us because we're, we're so used to having some sort of sport, even in a tragic or crisis mode. And this is really just hit everybody home at this point. And I don't know what's going to happen. No NBA. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously other sports being played right now. you got uh, Korean baseball being played overseas. Uh, there's gaming to be played. So there's a lot of avenues, uh, like for betting and things like that, and that's what I'm trying to get at. And there's also a lot of opportunities to see what's going to happen. Uh, the NFL not having fans in the stands, probably not such a big, big deal, uh, given the fact that, you know, they could probably survive uh, the financial hit at this point for one season. Um, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, I mean, how that will work out, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case. But um, we, we still have opportunities. So we don't know what the college season is going to look like. We have no idea what the NFL landscape is going to be. But we do have an, a, a situation where we have football getting ready and geared up for 2021 on the women's side. So um, if you um, are inclined, we, are, we have one scrimmage that has been assigned uh, publicly. And that was the uh, WFA, um, WFA uh, scrimmage, Sin City Trojans versus the West Texas uh, Seahawks. And that scrimmage is going to be on June 6th in Vegas. So uh, we will, you know, kind of pinpoint that and give you the update there. But the, you can get it right there at the hub, and we'll see how interesting it is. And, and it's going to be nice to have, uh, you know, women's gridiron back, even if it's on a scrimmage mode, not on a league, you know, league mode or whatever. So we'll see how that works out. Transatlantic Trophy was canceled already, and that's going to be moved to 2021 because of the COVID. Um, we have WFLA Combine July 18th coming up here in Vegas, so we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, we have virtual combines pretty much with every team, but in Vegas alone, that could be the case. Um, and then we have WFLA News uh, October 17th, 18th, and 19th, a WFL Super uh, Super Weekend. And that's going to be in Vegas at the draft. So I'm really excited there. And I just want to mention that um, one of our no-joke football athletes was interviewed on WFLA Live this week. That's Amanda Ewers, uh, legendary Amanda Ewers out of the uh, Queensland. Um, so she was on there. And then I kind of, you know, made some uh, a post about, you know, how talented she is and amazing athlete and pioneer. And so eventually I got on there with uh, Lynx Garcia, which is the host of WFL Live. You can catch it uh, basically every week, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, I believe. It starts off on certain days, other times a little later, uh, but you can get the replay there as well. Also, it was a really good interview by uh, Amanda Ewers on the WFL Live, and then I went on there with links just to kind of spotlight and explain uh, what we do in terms of general, No Joke Football brand as well as the Greater Beauty site and how we support and bring awareness to women's American football. So it was a really exciting time to be with on with her. And uh, at that point, um, I got a big surprise. Um, uh, Lupe Rose came on there and said, hey, we're going to go ahead and invite uh, Oscar to the Las Vegas WFLA draft weekend. 
So I'm looking forward to being there. I'm trying to make arrangements now at this point to show up on October 17th, 18th, and 19th, and kind of looking forward to kind of meeting all the, you know, WFLA stars from all the teams and whoever's going to be there for the draft. So it's going to be an exciting weekend in Vegas. And where else do you want to be but in Vegas in October? And hopefully it's not too hot. But that's where we're at. That's where we stand. So uh, thanks to Lupe Rose for that, uh, you know, that uh, great uh, uh, gift. And so, uh, and also thanks to Lynx Garcia and, and Lupe Rose for interviewing Amanda Ewers. Amanda Ewers is just an awesome, awesome individual. And she's really done a great job in Queensland. So, you know, we, can, we can't say more uh, good things about her as well. So let's see if that Nate's on here right now. Let's bring him on. Is that you, Nate? Is this Brandon? Nate, are you on? I'm here, Oscar. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing all right. Living the dream, you know. Living the dream. That's great. That's right. Um, I was just commenting on how um, this week uh, we had uh, Amanda Ewers on WFLA Live, and then I got on there after I made some comments on it, and uh, uh, WFLA Commissioner Lupe Rose uh, basically put me uh, uh, for a trip to be at the WFLA Super Weekend, October 17th, 18th, and 19th. So really appreciative to her for uh, inviting me to the, uh, this big event. It's going to be in October. Sweet. You can't beat that. Uh, so we had a good time. Uh talked to Lynn Garcia on WFLA Live this weekend. You can go to WFLA underscore football and get the interview there as well. You can replay it. And you can get the interview of Amanda yours as well on there as well. Um, don't forget uh, I, on IG, also WNFC, the Y also happens around that same time. So you get two options. You can replay both if needed. So WNFC, the Y, uh, WNFC spotlights all their talented athletes, plus pioneers of the sport that have been playing a long time uh, from every team. And that's uh, Odessa Jenkins with some of the talented players that are on every squad in the WNFC. So you can catch the Y, I believe it's 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern, I, I believe, yes. And so uh, you catch it on uh, every day as well as uh, WFLA Live, like I said, with uh, Lynx Garcia uh, every day. All right, Nate, uh, 2020 cancellation here. I don't know. Um, you know, we already knew it was going to happen, so there's like no no surprise, I guess, if you want to call it that. We already knew, you know, WFA, WFA falls, WNFC falls, Every other league internationally decided to cut their season off for the year, and so we already knew that, that was going to be the case. Oh, we already had a, a a very very good feeling it was going to happen. I mean, you know, you can always hope for for positivity, but I think you know, I think in the end, I think their 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 outlook was a real long shot. I, I think they were, uh, as the saying goes, counting the chickens before they hatch. Because uh, you know. I, I would be surprised if they even made that schedule before knowing knowing Mitch made that schedule before they even talked to the venues. Oh yeah, I know, and, and I think that was kind of a revised because of the state. I really think uh, it's state by state, and it's so difficult to kind of figure out. You know that you can't go to California, or you can't go to you know, right. or you can't go to Texas. And, you know, Missouri's going to allow you in, but Georgia is not – or, I mean, Missouri might not. Georgia will. So, logistically, it's, it was just – it's like anything else, right? Logistics was just a pain in the ass for all the leagues. 
that was just it was going to be a nightmare no matter what. And uh, a lot of these leagues don't have you know NFL dollars where they're just you know they're traveling and doing all this other stuff. And then on top of that, you know if you get into a reality as Odessa has brought that up before, um, a lot of these leagues really rely on airlines and uh, you know bus lines. And if some those those two chains break down, they really can't do their normal. So I guess that's basically where we're standing right now. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, like like you said, um, no no NFL dollars in a lot of these leagues. And a lot of these leagues, even if they wanted to play and they could have the chance to play, I, I don't see that it's the most viable and the best option because you don't have fans there. You don't have the financial front to be able to get an income back from what you're spending to even just put on the game in the first place. So, you know, try, don't try your, your dead meat either way in this situation. And I think, I think in any, any league that we've, we've, we've discussed that has folded, I think it was for the better, at least for this year and just look forward to the next year and the year after that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was talking earlier about or mentioning earlier how the NFL um, and college football is where we're at now, you know, right? Because everything else is, is washed right. over. Now we're now we're just anticipating, you know, we already know the NFL's got money, so it's not like an issue of funding. So if there's no fans in the stands, as an example, it's uh, not going to be such a bad deal. I mean, it's a one-year thing probably not going to be such a great thing uh, in terms of like not having fans in a sense. But overall, now we have the issue of what the baseball players have brought up, which is, you know, refusal to play because of the virus. Uh, they're talking about putting uh, some sort of mask shield on the helmets. They're talking of improvising, you know, all that stuff. Um, I don't know if, you know, my whole feeling now, after all this information we've gathered from COVID-19, everything that we know about you know, the virus and all the things that we are finding out. Um, I don't see how, um, you know, county by county is what we need to assess now. We don't need to assess a whole country. I think we really need to start breaking down markets in terms of counties and then really figure out whether those counties are, you know, something where it's safe to, to play sports, in other words. So it's, just, I mean, obviously I'm not a medical professional, of course, so I don't know what, you know, what they're looking for. But overall, I think, you know, in some states, it's going to be less lenient, a lot more opportunities and things like that. I think if, if you have to try to reroute every – almost every aspect of the game, um, whether that be rules, whether that be like, like you just mentioned, putting money forth to try to make a mask that has a mask within it. If you have to do any of those things and have to put it under a microscope and shred it to bits, it's pointless. I've told multiple people I have 99 issues and sports not coming back this year is not one of them because I'd rather see a full good quality game than stuff broken down and stuff changed and stuff uh, thrown, you know, thrown a curveball just because you want to play and you want to work around all the rules. I don't like that at all. And I disagree with anybody that's trying to do that. Yeah, I know. And, and college football, I mean, we're talking about debating college football because they don't get paid like the professionals do. And I, I don't know if it's going to be kind of a university by university type mentality or a conference by conference. Um, I don't know how they're going to figure that out. But at this point, 
most of the universities are just really either standing still, they're not going to do anything for the year. So I, I'm just like thinking, wow, you know, it, how is that going to change everything? Well, you've got the, I mean, you know, it, and it's funny because you can see the difference in those that, that, that are just outright understanding that they may not play this year and they get that. And then it's hilarious that it's only the top big money conferences and schools going, oh, yeah, we're definitely playing. Well, of course you are because you're not having to worry about losing that funding and losing that income to your school, to your education, to everything else because you're probably not going to have a full crowd if even less than half a crowd there to begin with. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be a debate for a long time, I think even up to the last minute, but I just – I wish they'd see the the bigger picture and go, you know what, 2020, not cutting it. Let's focus on maybe pushing back to 2021. Like, you know, I heard one idea. They were thinking, like, what, February, March, and doing, like, a a shortened college season or whatever. Try that. See where you're at then. But let's not, you know, let's not try to badger and beat up 2020 more than we already are just because you want to get the games in and show that you got the cojones to do it. It's ridiculous. I agree. I, I think really precaution is great. I mean, I, I have no problem with precaution. Uh, I think the NFL would probably be the bigger, right? If we have no college football, right? I think having the NFL at least uh, would be some sort of a, you know, a cool thing in a way. And then we have no idea what the NBA is going to do because the, the NBA is usually when they, it's when they start kicking off their season as well. So they haven't finished their you know previous season here. We have no idea what they're going to do. Hockey, we have no idea what the NHL is going to look like at this point, whether they're going to do no fans in the stands as well. Um, and, and like I said, we're still a couple months away. So all of this stuff can change right. in another 30 days. You know I mean? Another 30 days, we could be just somewhat back to some normality, or in another 90 days, we could be back to some normality, and things are just going to be no big deal. Uh, but, you know, we, we're so anxious, and it, we're always in the now. We want things now. <laughs> especially in the world we live in, like instant gratification. Um, right. But no, it's okay. Um, so everybody go to uh, go to the uh, No Joke Football uh, page at the shop at 20% off this weekend for Memorial Day weekend. So 20% uh, off on everything, uh, tees, tanks, leggings, etc. If you don't find anything there that you like, you can always go to another shop on Zazzle and no, no problem with us. But you can check it out, 20% off, ends midnight to night uh, Pacific time. So that would be uh, basically 9 p.m. Eastern, if I'm correct. Yes, 9 p.m. Eastern. So check it out. Really appreciate everybody going there and getting your stuff. It really supports our uh, branding and stuff like that, but also brings awareness to the women's game. Uh, Check out our new stuff that we have on there at Zazzle.com. Zazzle has been our sponsor for a long, long time. They're basically uh, been with us for several years, almost eight years. Um, they are on board supporting women's sports as well as w- supporting our cause, which is bringing awareness to women's American football. So um, I'm going to go ahead and let's bring in the uh, commissioner of the WFLA, which is uh, the talented Brandon Shelby. Uh, commissioner Shelby, how you doing? Welcome to the Blitz with uh, Nate Ward and myself, Oscar Lopez. Hey, how you guys doing? Pleasure. Hey, uh, All right, happy to have you here. Same, same. Thank Commissioner you guys Shelley, for welcoming uh, me on the show. You're a busy man, uh, getting ready for 2021. We're just talking NFL and how things should work out for the fall and strategic and logistics and 
I know you guys have been in the same boat, right, with the this COVID thing. You guys were having the exhibition season. It got canceled in May. Uh, so yeah, tell, yeah. tell the fans a little bit about yourself first, uh, your background, and then, you know, the anticipation, obviously, because of the COVID state and then what, what we should be looking forward to in 2021 for the WFLA. Great, great. Well, again, thank you guys for having me. Extremely excited to be here. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, we're, we're trying to navigate this COVID the best way we can with the WNBA, I mean, the WFLA. Um, my name is Brandon Shelby. I am the WFLA commissioner. Um, you know, I've been now working with, um, you know, in business as a general manager of Sheet Beverage Company, which is a local craft beer company um, that is actually the parent company of the WFLA. So I've been doing that for the last like five years, just being a really avid um, a sports fan. Um, we had a great idea to try to mirror what we were doing on the beverage side with doing some um, special uh, boutique beers for um, um, organizations like the LA Dodgers. And of course, we'd be in a, um, a woman-owned cheap beverage company. We kind of wanted to mirror the sports world and um, what we were doing there with the beverages and kind of came up with the idea to kind of move this um, the woman movement forward in sports. And that was kind of how the WFLA kind of got created. So, um, yes, moving forward here, um, coming into next year, 2021, we're getting ready to launch our first season in May. Unfortunately, we did have to uh, cancel our exhibition game. But fortunately, we're we're trying to keep it going. Um, We're actually scheduled to do a combine, a physical on-field combine, for athletes to come out that are interested in playing in our league um, in July. We're going to be doing three different combines, July 18th, um, August 22nd and September 19th, all going to be in the Las uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, from then, we're we're trying to navigate this pandemic the best way we can. All right, Brandon, uh, very talented individuals from some of the you know in, uh, IG posts and interviews that you've done. So you're really passionate about this. A lot of a lot of people are like, this has never happened in women's uh, you know sports, but in general in women's tackle football, this is brand new concept. A brand new structure uh, for some of yeah. us. We have criticized, and I'm pretty sure you've you've already heard all the naysayers, right? Not going to happen. How is this going to happen? All that stuff. So, tell us a little bit about how we're not going traditional model, which hasn't really been successful in the past, and how your model is going to be somewhat a lot uh, a lot more enlightening, and then obviously for the players, it's going to be beneficial. Right. Well, I think the most important thing right now is that it's a great time to do it. Um, I know women's football has been around for some years. A lot of other great organizations have definitely come before us and are up and functioning and doing well with their athletes. I just think it's a really great time for it to happen. Um, You know, years ago, um, maybe not so much. I think the world and, and the country is in a great place with just women progressing in the workforce, and we're really interested in something new and innovative. And I think, um, you know, unlike basketball, I think football has the best way to translate between the male and, and female game. I think, um, you know, with basketball, um, you know, one of the most exciting moves um, that you can do in basketball, most entertaining is the dunk. And I think with the WNBA, they lack that component. And I think that kind of hurts them a little bit in their brand and their league. But in contrast with dealing with women's football, those exciting elements of tackling and hitting and the running and catching are all the exact same. So I think for that, having that product um, is going to be um, welcomed. And again, I think the model that we're using right now with some of the great, 
celebrities and some of the great people and great minds that we have backing this league with a lot of the business acumen, um, I think we're trying to we're putting in some great strategic ways to make this happen. Of course, we're trying to scale and we're trying to build methodically. You know, we understand that, you know, year one or even year two, we're not going to have, you know, Aaron Rodgers salaries or, you know what I mean, um, Tom Brady salaries. But we anticipate um, methodically moving forward and progressing in the league and bridging that gap when it comes to the player salaries and, you know, really, really trying to make the, the women equality movement, you know, what it is. So, you know, I definitely know that there's the naysayers out there. And I think sometimes anything that's new is automatically, you know, kind of looked at a little bit um, hesitant. But I know that, like I said, the people that we have involved, and we have some great owners, um, you know, big celebrities that are involved, a lot of people that are going to be announced in the days to come. And I think the the movement of people getting behind us, as well as we have a lot of um, NFL officiation, and, uh, you know, those are the type of things that's going to make us extremely successful as we move forward for the rest of this year and, you know, into our first season of 2021. Brandon, uh, what's it going to – what what was the mindset behind it? It was more business minded because when you start to build a huge uh, entity, you know the NFL is huge, right? It's 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 in pieces, and it comes together as one. So is this the right. same mindset with you guys, as as you were saying about yeah. before with your knowledge with your Chief Beverage Company? Because it's not just one individual that's actually you know uh, what do you call it putting the foundation together. This is a, a bunch of people really working on the framework, right? That's exactly right. You know, with with the league, you know, it's it, like you said, it's just not one individual person. It's a collective uh, a process, and it, it's a lot of different elements that go into the process. And, you know, from our staff and, you know, Luby Rose, the CEO, to myself, to our CEO, to all our great owners and, and, and league um, employees that we have, that's exactly how we're building this. Um, you know, those things are, are, are needing to be in place, and we all have to run as a con, uh, congruent league. You know, it, it doesn't matter when individual team is doing well if all the teams are not doing well, and that's how we want to preach. It's, you know, we always say kind of like one team, one goal, you know, one league, one goal. And we're all kind of moving in unison, you know, to make it happen. Brandon, um, what will it be? Because a lot of players, you know, they've never seen this type of movement. Um, a lot of players are doing, uh, you know, letters of intent. So they're very excited for, uh, you know, a, a franchise interest in them and you're talking about salaries at this point so are the contracts going to be somewhat uh wmba uh first year you know thirty thousand forty thousand is there can you even speak to that at this point or is it too early still a little too early i don't want to get into specifics of the course um we have some salary caps already in place i just don't want to release that at this particular point Um, of course, those those salaries are going to be determined by, you know, our great owners and how they see fit and how they see the athletes fitting in, you know, compensation-wise. But, uh, yes, right now, the letter of intent that we're doing is because this is a brand-new league and we're starting pretty much from ground zero. This will be the only year that we will have letter of intent. Um, any, every season, season two and beyond, will go straight into a normal process of which you normally would see from leagues where they do a draft um, process and then sign players, work them out, and then offer contracts straight from the top. Um, you know, to build the league from the ground up, you know, we have to try to obtain the players as the best way we could. So we're doing two types of recruiting methods. We're doing a traditional draft where we're taking a very small um, portion of our rosters through the draft process. And then the larger part of our rosters, we're doing open recruitment. 
and we're trying to allow to see, you know, what's out there talent-wise and trying to get players to join, you know, organizations through um, the WFLA, through, you know, places where they live and they're comfortable. We're trying to work with players as best we can to, to get them on teams that they feel comfortable, comfortable with and that we can move forward with the season. But, again, this is all new. Um, you know, there is no filter system for women's football at this point. You know, we definitely intend to build something. We have some great ideas with that as well. But there is no filter system or feeder system, I should say. So we're really out there trying to find the best talent, and, and that can mean um, overseas international. There's been a, a, a large amount of interest from um, overseas players, um, you know, more particular Brazil and Guam, and we have some England and some Australia um, athletes that are um, that are getting word of what we're doing and, and interested in playing Canada as well. So all those different factors are, are how we're building where, you know, letter of intent come into place. Um, you know, things were done similar with the WNBA, you know, in its infancy and how they started and selectively putting different talents in different organizations and teams to try to help build the organization as you start. Uh, Brandon, are you, are you treating – the WFA, the WNFC as rivals at this point, and maybe in the future we're looking like a uh, looking at the NFL AFL type of arrangement for a feeder system. What, what's your vision in terms of that? Because Me we lack that, I would, and without that, I mean yeah. that's going to be that hinders basically uh, the pro game because you got to have like a NCAA type of you know uh, draft mentality, and we don't have it. So that's to your point, that is something that that has to be looked at very, very seriously, right? Definitely, definitely. My my goal with that is, I would love to work with the, the, the organizations, the WNFC, WFA, or any other sports organization, women's football, that is, of course, came before us. I think that's the best way to go about it. There's so much talent out there, and these organizations have been working already and have been in motion and have a really, really good feel for women's football. They've already been doing it. And I think it would be crazy not to look at some of those situations as a partner, a possible partnership or how we can at some point develop that where, yes, we can maybe merge brands and maybe, you know, bring some other teams in and, and create a larger avenue for the WFLA as well as their organizations as well. So I'm all about working together because at the end of the day, what we preach as well is the women empowerment and progressing the sport forward and give these ladies the opportunity to actually play professional and they get compensated for it. You know, they're out there working just as hard as the men. The game is great. If, if no one has ever seen a woman play football, you guys would love it. it it's just the passion. It's out there, you know, how hard they work. And I think when people actually see that, they're going to connect with it. So I can't – I would never not work with another organization that feels the exact same way as far as women's sports and what they're trying to do and progress this, this um, women's football sport forward. So I definitely see in the future some great opportunities for any type of merger, feeder systems, whatever the situation may be. That would be my ideal goal is to all come together and, like I said, for the betterment of the sport – and, you know, collectively would be a lot stronger than trying to stand alone on our own in a lot of senses. Well, Brandon, I can tell you right now, uh, lots, a large audience that we have, everybody I think just applauded on that, on that comment because really this is where we always strive for. We strive to get to the yeah. next level. Um, you know, you're, you're almost at that situation. Uh, 2021 will be a reality. We thought 2020 yeah. was going to be a huge year. And given that we have almost, what, 12 months to prepare, 
besides you know besides yourself, uh, the other right. leagues, national leagues, uh, the growth of the sport. Um, have you researched this so far? Where uh, does it blow your mind that we have like the 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 need or the you know the love of the sport, but now it's growing beyond the North American continent, and it's just there's a lot of women that want to play this the sport, and it's it's a huge passion for them to do it. I, and we're talking about yeah. every little continent, including this little island in Guam. So I mean, right. does it blow your mind that now it's like this is this is huge. This is not just you know American soil. In other words, it, exactly right. You, you know, it's funny, and I never really thought about it until I actually started getting into this league and, and, and creating this and moving forward. But when I actually sit down and actually take an opportunity to think about it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I can go back to when I was young, um, you know, in high school and, and, you know, your middle school and you playing peewee sports and things of that nature. There was always there was always young girls interested in playing football from, like I said, the peewees, the Pop Warners into high school. Every football team that I know of in high school always had at least a handful of, you know, women that were playing on the team. So I always knew that there was an interest in, in women loving the sports game, as well as you then look at the NFL as being such the large conglomerate that it is. And even the NFL recently over the last uh, few seasons, they've been really trying to step up their international game with their presence and having games outside of the U.S. I think as the NBA has been doing as well, getting that global brand. So it's definitely not a surprise at all. I'm actually extremely happy for that. Um, like you mentioned, it's huge. You know, just to be contacted or to speak or have the opportunity just to speak with players from Guam and Brazil and, like I said, Australia and Canada, it's amazing. It's amazing. And this this movement is, is huge. It is huge. And I think it's such a great time, such a great opportunity, and I'm extremely blessed to be, you know, part of this. Um, you know, I'm thankful every day that, you know, I can sit back and say, hey, I'm one of the people that, that helped progress this, you know, sport forward and, and make a lot of dreams come through true for a lot of these women and these athletes, you know, so it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and I know what you guys are doing there, and I know that you guys, you know, hear this all the time, but it, it's such a humbling experience to see and talk to some of these athletes and see what they're out here doing, and the, the world is, is just ready for it, you know, and we're ready to try to make that happen and bring it to the masses. Through, you know, through our capabilities and what we're trying to do with this great league. Brandon, um, I spoke to a couple of players, uh, you know, D- DM a lot of players. They all got onto yeah. the WFLA. Uh, the one thing that, that I take away from some of their conversations is um, you guys aren't speaking just strictly football. You guys are strictly also, you know, giving them a pathway for sustainability in terms of, you know, a financial state. Uh, ownerships are going to give them some sort of education, Uh, you know, because obviously you understand the reality, right? Like any other athlete, uh, they're not going to be able to play 20 years, right? I mean, some will, others probably going to play, uh, you know, X amount of years and then they got to, they got to, you know, figure out a way to, you know, feed their families. Right. So the reality is it's a refreshing thing for them to hear that a league is able to try to give them some tools as an athlete while they're playing for the league. And then hopefully those, uh, tools are going to help them, you know, in the long-term effect of supporting their family, taking care of themselves ultimately. 100%. Um, I, I wish I can speak uh, candidly about this, but I can't because it's a little bit under wraps. But um, 
there is an extremely valuable process that we have right now that as soon as we're able to go ahead and let the athletes know that will give the opportunity of every player that was in the WFLA to be able to monetize and capitalize on their individual brand outside of what we're doing for them as far as the organization or their individual team. Such great stuff that's happening that I think that the players will, will love and, like I said, have that opportunity to step out and do other things and, like I said, monetize on their name and their brand. So we're definitely big on that. Um, one of the reasons why, too, that we don't have an age limit on, on the high side, of course, to, to join the league, you have to be at least, you know, 18 years old to enter into, a, you know, a, a binding contract. But on the other side, we're not even putting an age limit on it right now. We really just want to have an opportunity for players to come in and, and just prove what they got. You know, a lot of these athletes have not had a chance years prior to this to actually play a professional sport, to actually be compensated for. So, you know, we really don't want to do that. Even if they can, you know, play for a year or two within our league, just to have that opportunity to do so, we want to afford that to them. So, you know, of course, you know, I mean, you know, the higher age you get, you know, it, it may be possible that you may not make a roster, but we're definitely not telling it, turning anyone away because of the age. If you feel like you got it, you know, as young as you feel, you can come out, you can work hard, and if there's a spot for you on one of our organizations, everybody is open to, to playing or picking a player that can bring something to the team no matter what age. Brandon, uh, the recreational model has been in place for 50 years in the sport. I've been covering the sport for 10 years. The WNFC has been the closest, uh, the closest league to come up with a business model uh, before you guys showed up on the on the scene um so it's very uh i guess uplifting and encouraging that you guys are promising a a true pro mentality which has never happened in the sport and ultimately you know there's a lot of tenured athletes that have played a women's tackle football for like 20 years for you know they're going to be so emotional on game one as i was mentioning to uh, links garcia during this week about how you know anybody drafted and has played in long tenure in this, uh, in this sport uh, on game one, it's going to be just like a dream come true, basically. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, it, it's crazy. You know, it, it's uh, of course I wouldn't want to get emotional here, but I do. There's a very strong inner passion that I have to see people's face, you know, um, when, when they're having this opportunity, because this is a dream of theirs. People have done this their whole life, like you said, play 20-something years and be able to suit up and know that I can actually say this is a career, this is a job, or I'm actually getting compensated for this. It's just an amazing feeling. It's, it's what you just saw recently in the draft when you're seeing these young athletes get selected to, to go play in the NFL, something they've worked for their whole life to do. It's just the emotion that they have, and there's nothing different than what these ladies are going to show to be able to do that when, when they step on the field with the w, um, WFLA. So it, it is. It's amazing. It's amazing, and I'm just extremely humbled to be part of it. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, like you just said, the, the WNFC, you know, they're modeling what they've been doing. You know, um, personally, I've only heard great things about them. No bad have I ever heard of a player that's associated with them, um, even, the, even their league execs and their owners. Um, I've actually talked to Odessa before. Um, wonderful lady, very intelligent, very smart. I respect her and all the players that have played in that league or anybody that's came before us. So you're right. They're, they're definitely a great organization over there. Brandon, um, you guys are making moves behind the scenes, but, you know, social media, uh, we're not in the traditional television mar uh, attitude anymore. We're living on mobile right. devices. We're doing all this mm -hmm. stuff. 
basically, I wouldn't say we're thinking outside the box. We have to just think about how strategically we get the, you know, the word out. I know for me, it's like, you know, I'm on social media all the time. So for me, it's like, you know, how do you uh, maximize your ad penetration, right? How do you reach right. uh, en- enough fans? Um, so, you know, you're talking about uh, Apple TV. We're talking about Roku. We're talking about, you know, Amazon Fire Stick. And there's just a lot of yeah. other avenues in, in, in today's game that were never – we were never able to do that because you always had to go through, like, a big regional television deal or a large, you know, network. Now it's really, yeah. uh, you know, content a la carte, so there's no need for that. So it's just a matter of, you know, who has the better, uh, I guess, penetration for interested, you know, mobile devices as an example and how you can get a bank for your buck but at the same time a return on your investment. 100% correct. 100% correct. And the, the benefit of that is exactly what you just said, that we're able to do something like that. You know, I, I kind of take it, uh, you know, some music. Um, I, I was a previous artist, you know, in my younger years, I would say. Uh, I rapped and had a, you know, small deal with an independent label out of Universal, did some records and touring. So I always kind of speak in those terms, you know, with business. And, you know, I'm thinking of the music industry, how, um, you know, the, you had an opportunity now as these, as these new artists to put your music and your content out there on the internet and be able to monetize without having a record label backing, you know, just the world that we live in with all the social media aspects and creating your fan base and then being able to have more power in negotiation when you may go to a record label, same process as you were just mentioning, you know, by us being a brand new league and having all these great opportunities to, to stream and create um, apps that are already in process that we can put on these, uh, these smart TVs and be able to stream and we're working with some great companies as well that all those different components are you're going to be able to be able to show this, this great game wherever you are in the world, stream, enter our, uh, you know, our streaming services and being part of our subscribers, as well as helping to build our networks so that regardless of what happens with a major TV deal year one or year two, our numbers and our fan base will be there and our, and our fans will be able to enjoy our content. And then, of course, those larger deals may come or they may come day one. You know, it's a lot of great things that are in the work. But the, the great thing about it is that regardless of any of that, the content will be there and our fans will be there. Just fans that you guys have locked into your show and to our lives and our YouTube stream and our other streaming companies that we're working with. There's a lot of great things that we're doing now that I can't even say. These things are going to be launched probably the next three weeks or so. Great stuff. All right, Brandon, let me bring in uh, Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, one of uh, she's a WNFC star and also a WFA All Star for a couple of years. So let's bring her in and uh, kind of pick your brain as well. Yeah, of course. Hi, Brandon. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Great. You know, um, like I said, every day talking about football, you know, is a great day for me. Um, so you <laughs> will have to, you know, pardon pardon me if I come off a little hostile or. Um, you know, just a little bit questionary of the cost that you guys are running, seeing as how I, I am a 10-year veteran of the sport. I have seen this, this sport of women's football grow in just the decade that I've played in the semi-pro circuit. And, I mean, and that's not to say, you know, anything bad about the WFLA, but unfortunately right now there's nothing tangibly set in stone. So, so convince me to come play for your league. If you're recruiting me, and I and I am the player I am 
currently convince me to come play for you for your league. What is different from the league that I've played in that's tangible that I can that I can attach myself to right now um, outside of the WNSC and the WFA? Right. One one of the biggest things that I that I talk to a lot of players about that may have concerns or whatnot is the question that I kind of almost spin it back to you. What is the risk? And I and I say that by saying, what is the risk? Us as a new league, we're explaining you what we're doing. We're explaining to you a mission. We're explaining what we are attempting to do and what we're already doing in the works. So for you to be an athlete that has amazing talent, that has been playing in many other leagues before, it may be new, it may be scary, you may be unsure. But, again, the question is what do you have to lose? There's nothing that we're asking you guys to do player-wise to, to stop doing, um, you know, playing with other leagues or affiliating yourself with other leagues pretty much just, hey, at least trust us in the sense of give us a handshake, sign on with us and watch how we work and watch what we do. And I think, again, just going back to the inner workings of what we're doing business-wise, great business, uh, great business people behind the, the, uh, the, the engine or the machine, I say, with the lead. We have a lot of great high-powered individuals that have a extremely connected that we're going to get a lot of things done. And the funding that we have in place, or is it going to allow us to pay these players and compensate them great for what they're doing? And we have, like, again, some great strategic plans in place to help monetize for the league and individual athletes to move forward and progress the sport. So I think that's kind of the question that I always ask or tell any other player. What, what is there to lose? That would be me convincing you or, you or me saying, hey, give us the shot. What do you have to lose? Okay. I can respect that, absolutely, you know. I mean, I can only imagine what kind of questions and what kind of backlash and, you know, all kinds of things yourself and your league's front office has had to endure, you know, since the announcement of this, you know, of the WFLA. Um, so, like I said, I but do apologize if I come off hostile. Uh, well, no, yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's very normal. <laughs> it's very normal. And I, I never take it as that. I think I would be crazy or anyone would be crazy to assume that people don't have thoughts and they wouldn't question certain things. I think that's what makes us great people and great individuals. And I think our minds, especially a lot of you athletes, the amazing minds that you guys have to, to dedicate to a sport and to be so good and proficient at it, I think that's where the, those are the same benefits that a, a, an intelligent mind is going to ask these types of questions. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, no, it, it's extremely normal. <laughs> It's a brand new league. It's unproven. We haven't had a game. There's a lot of uncertainties. No other team or league has even attempted to do what we're doing. So I think that's all normal, all normal thought processes. Interesting. Okay. Wonderful. So uh, I really just have one, one other question for you. So um, as you were speaking with Oscar earlier, you were talking about how, um, you know, there's no feeder system for women's football and there's no, there's no um, real tangible way to get, uh, you know, athletes and talent into leagues, including the WFA and the, um, you know, in the uh, WFA and the WNFC. So my question is, is if you're, you as an athlete, a former athlete, artist, um, you know, commissioner of this league, and I would, I would assume player of the sport at some time in your life, why, why decide to, create this this league where you know there's the huge possibility of 
being fully compensated as a professional women's player or professional player, I should say, uh, as opposed to bringing your ideas to one of those other major leagues. Because, um, I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know much about you. I just know that, you know, you are the commissioner of this league. You and your front office have worked hard to try to get your, your platforms and your, you know, the word out there that there is another league starting up. But why not take those ideas to the leagues that have had tangible things? Why not take those ideas to the leagues that have been long lasting? Why not try to try to help them and bring your ideas to those leagues and get them paid and make a giant, you know, make a big league instead of branching off and making another one where, I mean, no, no offense, but um, there, there's not, there's not really anything tangible for people to believe that, Hey, women are going to start being paid to play football, but we have the WNFC, just like Oscar said, that is the closest thing currently to women being play being paid to play football full con full contact wise, just like you said, the risk physical risk exactly the same. People being tackled, running the ball, throwing the ball, the physical pain and and injury risk is the exact same. Period. So why not take your ideas to those other leagues? Why decide? Oh, I want to create an entire other league when the other two, three, four women's tackle leagues around the world and in the in the states in general are having so many problems, you know, getting the big deals as far as sponsorship, getting those, you know, those, those tangible things to create the, the, um, uh, create the path to be paid. Why not take your ideas there? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a good question. And I think there's really no, no right or wrong answer to it. I think it's just based off of a preference. You know, um, like I said, the, the WFLA started with, how we were conjoining our, our previous business of Sheet Beverage and some of the things that we were doing already with major sports teams, and we thought it would be a great idea to start something like this with our business acumen and different things that we have in place with, again, some people that are behind the scenes involvement-wise, some of our great owners that are in the forefront, and things that we thought we could actually implement was why we decided to go ahead and start it. But, again, because we didn't initially take our idea and maybe bring it to an existing league, just not existing league does not mean for one second that we're opposed to working with an existing league or possibly even conjoining forces at some point. So I think it's a valid question. And I think that that's where I even said earlier with Oscar that, you know, we, I don't, we're no one in the organization we oppose to, to sitting down and talking and see how we can enjoy and bring the, you know, the sport together or leagues together. I think the NFL did that early on, that, you know, everybody kind of understands how they started. You know, there's a lot of different leagues around doing the same type of thing. And at some point they kind of came together. And I think that's just kind of where we are now. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to say that, you know, we, we can't create something together as, as all these different leagues and, and we come together and make the sport even that much stronger. And I think it's just a process and we could possibly get there depending on if everybody else is open. And as far as I know, I, I think I, I know Odessa is pretty open. Um, like I said, I've spoken to her to maybe once or twice. And um, I believe Lisa King is the, the, um, the owner of the WSA. I've spoken with her a few different times. So I think everybody has the same message and everybody feels the same way, that the women's football and the progressing the sport forward is the number one goal. Now, as far as all of us possibly merging or coming together and working for the better good and making it stronger – I think that's definitely possible at some point. Very good. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, pass it back over to Oscar to finish pe- uh, picking your brain. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, you know, giving everybody your insight in, and 
you know, what's going on in the WFLA world. So I appreciate you. No, I thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Brandon, uh, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. I know we were, uh, you know, de-messaging de- uh, before. I know you got your busy schedule, and I really appreciate you making uh, time for us today, uh, kind of giving our audience uh, a perspective of what the WFLA is all about, uh, your point of view, your insights, uh, the vision that's going to come out. Uh, we are, You are having some, uh, as you mentioned before, you are having WFLA, WFLA combines, right, July, August, and September, and those are going to be in Vegas. That is correct. Yeah, and then the big three uh, the Vegas. Big weekend in uh, October, which I'm hoping I will be there to meet you personally and very excited to hopefully be there on the 17th, 18th, and 19th for the WFLA oh, yeah, draft. Definitely. Yes, yes, that's in October. We're actually going to be doing it on um, Las Vegas WFLA Day. They, they gave us this day last year for what we were doing out there last year in the, for the Combine. I'm extremely excited. You know, my biggest thing is I'm just uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed with this, this pandemic can allow sure. us to, to do what we're doing. Um, you know, any athlete that's interested, please go to the uh, the website, the WFLAfootball.com website. You can register there if you're interested. I do want to, again, um, say that we are extremely careful with what's going on with the pandemic. We will have a lot of things in place with temperature checks and, and making sure that everybody is safe. We will be practicing the, the social distancing as best as possible, given that it is a combine. And we are definitely going to be eliminating some different things that to try to lessen the contact. But, you know, we, we definitely want to keep moving as best we can. You know, um, we're trying to, to get around this as the rest of the world is. But we still want to progress to move forward. We have a season coming up next year. Um, so we're extremely excited for all that great stuff. It, it, extremely grateful um, to allow me to come on the show. So sorry, Oscar. Like you said, I was definitely a little behind today. I got off some calls a little late, but I definitely want to get on here and, and speak with you and, and, and your listeners. And, and I hope that um, I did definitely shed some light on the WFLA and what we're trying to do here for, for all of the um, football lovers, and in particular, women athletes. No, Brandon, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I know you're busy and you're running not just the WFLA, but your your other entities as well. So I, I really, really appreciate you making the time, and no problem there at all. Um, and I, I thank you for, like I said, giving us the insights, our audience, all the players that are listening on the podcast, getting, uh, you know, the word of mouth directly from the commissioner is always nice to get the, you know, the figurehead of a league to speak out on certain things, and uh, I really appreciate that. So, you know, safe travels out there if you're traveling. Otherwise, uh, you know, Zooming meetings, as they say, your calendar is probably so full, <laughs> as yeah, always. Yeah, it definitely uh, is. <laughs> it's always uh, maddening. This this uh, this whole thing has just tossed everything around and has forced everybody to be a lot more creative with a lot of things. So, But uh, I really thank you for um, making the time. Looking forward to another opportunity maybe before the, the Super Weekend. We can chat about that and then – Obviously, May 5th is what we're looking forward to in 2021, and uh, hopefully this whole virus thing is up in, in the past, and we're looking forward to just football, definitely. football, football. There it is. No, definitely, again, pleasure is mine. We'll definitely stay connected, um, you know, through the DMs. We'll exchange information, and like I said, anytime that you need me, I'll definitely try to be available for the show. Definitely see if we can reconvene closer to those dates. And uh, hope- Thank you. Stay safe. Uh, and, you know, uh, shout out to all the WFLA uh, owners as well, and they're doing their part. So we we'll look forward to another chat about how the WFLA is going to be so impactful in 2021. Thank you very much. Definitely same. Bless everybody. Stay safe.
All right, Mackenzie uh, and Nate, there you go. Finally got able to pin down Brandon Shelby. It's a busy man. I can tell you that right now. It's taking me a lot of laboring. But he was more than happy to come on, more than happy to take our questions, uh, more, more than happy to answer all the questions. Um, and, you know, speaking to him on direct messaging, uh, to your point, uh, uh, Mackenzie, you know, why not, you know, branch into together and, and do this? Uh, he's never ruled that out in a conversation that I've had with him. He's always said, you know, if they're willing to come to the table after we set up our platform and if it's going to make a, a bigger difference for the sport, they're more than happy to do it. And based on his feedback to us, you know, between Lisa and Odessa, none of them have said that not, they're not able to come to the table. So I think that's a great thing. You know, this is just you – know, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to, to bring him on the podcast just to, you know, be able to, to get that dialogue that we've all been, you know, pretty much looking for and kind mm-hmm. of wanting for a while, at least on a bigger platform basis. However, as I stated when I was asking my questions with him, uh, the tangi- the actual tangibility is what's going to – essentially make things backfire. And that's, that's not just with the WFLA. That's with any league, any sport. It doesn't matter semi-pro, pro, amateur, triple-A amateur. It, it doesn't matter if there's not an intangible something that, you know, people or players or athletes or staff can work towards or, you know, or have it or, or are incentivized to. It's just, it's not going to happen. So, I, I mean, I want to see the sport of women's football succeed, obviously, um, but it's going to, it's, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot like we, we kind of thought with the WNFC, and now look at the WNFC. They have been out here just. Well, you know, Mackenzie, when the WNFC came out, you know, everybody freaked out, right? This is, can't be done. You branched out. You're you're creating another league, right? All that stuff came out. So I think we're on the same boat, but uh, at this point we got to wait and see, right? And, and they got to, they got to prove the pudding and it's going to be May 5th and it's going to be whether they're, you know, what's it going to look like on May 5th. It's really the reality. And he's spoken to it about it. And I've said to him before, just like when we, when we spoke to him earlier and said, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, right? A lot of naysayers. There's a lot of doubters. There's a lot of things like that. And it's natural. And I think his answer to you was, probably perfect right what's the risk if you're going to get paid you're already doing what you're doing so it's a it's it's a situation where it's you come on board now or you're going to come on board a year later once like you said you know the proof is there so uh, overall it's good for the sport i think if we have a paid league for the sport that just takes us to another level and i think that if they're able to accomplish that hey hats off to them and then obviously it brings more attention to our sport ultimately so that's a good thing yeah, I have to agree with you. Nate, what do you think? How do you feel about this, my friend? I think, you know, we we Oscar, you and I kind of talked about this earlier about how it's, you know, there's we we live in a society right now of instant gratification. We need things now, we want results now, and I think this is another one of those examples like you mentioned with the with the the WNFC is there's that you know, that panic, you know, this will fail, this won't work, this this and this. We got the naysayers because we have the people that want the results now. They want the visual and the physical results now. 
um, it's you know, it, like you said, it's what happens in May. Um, and I, but I do agree with you know with Max' concerns because it's just you know, it, it you talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And we have seen that before, and there's that that hope that we don't see it again. But you know, I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket at this point. I was I was glad he's able to come on. I was I appreciated his answers, and my mind was blown. But there. I, I am one of those people that needs to see it visually happen before I'm convinced that this will work. And the good thing is he's actually acknowledged that, right? The fact that right. he's accepting everybody be that way. So like he said, until he puts it out there and sets it in stone and ru- uh, get it up and running, that's going to be the normal, right, for him. So he's got until May 5th to, to you know show us different, in other words. All right. Um, if you guys missed out the 20% sale at the – at the Noja Football Shop, you guys can go there at Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. And if you haven't checked out the talented Lexi Demio uh, on IG, go check it out. Like the page. You can go on the hub as well. And uh, she's on there right now. And Lexi's amazing. Amazing QB for the Sin City Trojans and No Joke Football Athletes as well. All right. So from one com- – from the commissioner, we are going to go to the legendary QB – of the LFL, Seattle Miss, Jacksonville Breeze, the Nashville Knights, and that would be the multi-talented K.K. Matheny in the house. K.K. Matheny, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? That intro is great. Don't you think so? That's what every fan thinks of you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I am flattered to have all of those titles. Well, you know what, KK, uh, evolution happens for a lot of reasons. You've been in this sport for a long time. We have a rebrand before that. Now we have another rebrand. And lo and behold, we have COVID-19 on top of all that. Oh, man, I know, right? That's uh, definitely a different world we're living in nowadays. So, uh, But it's, it's uh, you know, good with the bad. And I've learned to just, count my blessings during this time because there are a lot of people that are going through a lot of uh, very difficult things. So, uh, KK, what are you doing now? Uh, or are you still training or are, are you re- officially retired? Uh, uh, you know, where's the state of KK Matheny right now in COVID-19? Uh, you know, uh, just like everybody else, COVID-19 definitely threw me for a loop. Um, I am definitely not, I wouldn't say I'm definitely not retired by any means. Um, I had, I had a couple exciting announcements to make in the next coming months, but they got pushed. Uh, one of which I will share, but the other one is kind of just on hold. So I don't want to say much, you know, now, uh, I, I was asked to play, for the USA flag football team, the women's flag football team that travel all over the uh, all over the world. So I am probably going to pursue that. That's just you know, again, that's on the side. That's just that's for awesome. fun, and that's something that yeah, yeah that's, that's something that I've always wanted to do and kind of be a part of. I played flag football before I even played LFL, and um, I'm going to definitely do that once everything is you know, back up and running, but I play flag football even now, you know, while I was playing LFL. So uh, that's, you know, something that I'm going to throw in the mix, but athletically I'm definitely not done. I just don't know what's 
you know, what what is the world going to look like after, you know, coronavirus? So I can't, you know, speak on what 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 I'm going to do other than that, but that is definitely something that I have in my near future. And I know you travel a lot because we talked about traveling and stuff like that. So is that also hindered some of that? Are you doing Zoom or you're doing virtual meetings now? Your calendar is fuller and all that good stuff, or are you still doing travel? Yeah, you know, it's crazy because it's definitely grounded me a lot. Um, I I used to travel probably every weekend or every other weekend uh, to, you know, another state, um, and that has definitely changed. Uh, I've probably left you know, home per se one time as far as leaving the state uh, now, you know, for the past three months. So that's, that's been different. Uh, but I've, I've, you know, spent time, you know, learning and doing some things that are interesting to me and getting, getting more involved with my businesses and things like that, getting more involved in my work and having the time to do so. So that's, that's been fun. Can you tell, uh, tell our uh, audience what you do on the side besides the football? I have a couple businesses um, that I that I that I um, manage. Um, one of which uh, I'm uh, I try to keep my private life private, but one of which uh, is uh, the Axis Stem Cell Institute that Bryn Renda started, and I um, help manage with her. Uh, really, really awesome. Um, she's, you know, awesome at what she does, uh, and we work in regenerative medicine, and we get to work with a lot of athletes, which is a passion of mine, so, um, and a passion of hers, so that's something that's really cool that's here in the Seattle area, but we have people, you know, fly in from all over the country, um, to come and get treatment from her, because she's the best at what she does, so, uh, you know, that's been fun, uh, doing that, and, you know, diving into a, a couple other things as well. And I've been studying up on all sorts of things, economics. I'm, I'm very interested in stocks. I don't know why, but I started getting way more interested in that and starting taking a little bit of courses and classes and things like that. So I've, I've been keeping myself busy, but I definitely miss football. I miss the season. I miss my girls. I've, I just recently got to hang out with, uh, um, you know, a few of my teammates from the, from the Miss team, and they were just chatting with me about, do you think that you'll come back next year and all that? And obviously <laughs> now it's the Seattle Thunder, and we always, as soon as there's some liquid encouragement, I won't say what, but you guys I'm sure know what I'm talking about. As soon as there's liquid encouragement on the table and we're all in a group together, it's pretty much all we can talk about is, you know, playing again and getting back out there and all that. So, uh, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, I never say, I never say never, and I never say always. Uh, KK, you've played with a lot of good players. You know, Brenda, you just spoke about a lot of players in Seattle. Uh, Gorman, I believe, also over in the Braves. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you had Zigglers as well. Um, you've had, you played in, in, you know, with the, the Bull, which everybody knows the Bull. Um, yeah, and then, you, you know, Randall, I mean, Randall, I mean, what can you say about Randall? I mean, Jesus. And then, uh, you still have your girl at their angel in Texas. Um, God, it's, it's gotta amaze you, right? You played with all these amazing players on highlight reels. All these players have just been, I mean, in terms of the league and the history and just the, the fact that they're all so talented, right? 
Oh, for sure. Danica Brace, you know, didn't mention yep. her. I played with Adrian Purnell, you know, Dina. I, I mean, I've played with, I feel, you know, some of the best of the best, uh, if not for sure the best top 10 LFL athletes, you know, that's ever graced the field. So, um, Hopkins. you know, I've definitely, yeah. Oh, Daniel Hawkins, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, for sure, probably hands down, you know, the best defensive player, you know, in this league, it's crazy because, uh, you know, I feel like she doesn't get as much limelight as she should, but just she wreaks havoc on the field if you actually break down um, film and you know what she does. So, yeah, I I feel very blessed them, but even more so um, uh, for them to be my friends, you know what I'm saying? Katie Katie Whelan, uh, I also think that she's also one of the um, kind of, underrated, you know, players, uh, especially at the center position. She's an absolute beast. So, you know, I, you know, I've loved every minute of being able to play with all the amazing players that I played with and um, still, you know, still friends with, you know, actually Katie and, and Keybus, I call her Keybus, but Kiara Williams, uh, our receiver and cornerback from last year. Those are the ladies I was just talking about that I was hanging out with recently. Um, don't worry. We've all been quarantined and we've only been hanging out with each other if we do <laughs> hang out. So no, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not taking this seriously, but, um, but, but yeah, so we, you know, we like to reminisce and chat about, you know, the good old days we say now, but uh, hopefully we have, you know, more good old days to come. Um, KK, can you talk about like the beginnings of the league where it's, where it just ended this past season with the, obviously before the rebrand, there was a lot of opportunity. There was like changes being made, you know, at one point you guys were going to upgrade to leggings and then leggings went away. Um, and then just all the changes that have happened, you know, in the league, the more visibility. Um, I mean, in your tenure, do you, do you feel like it could have grown to something bigger at this point or is it something where, are we retracting again? I mean, what's your, what's your like mindset in terms of the future of the league? In other words, you know, I, I, uh, I try not to get too much into the politics behind things. I'm grateful and appreciative of being able mm-hmm. to play on the platform that I did and that LFL gave me and, um, and, and hopefully continues to give all, you know, all these uh, amazing athletes, but what I will say is that obviously I did see it evolved and um, I never do anything that I say, I always say I never do anything, you know, half butt per se. And uh, getting into it, I did think and envision just like I believe a lot of athletes did um, that we would, you know, be nationally televised and uh, have opportunities, you know, for big time sponsorships and um, all these things. But honestly, it's not, it's not a bad thing. They're not there yet. And we're not there yet. It's just, you know, that's just something that I always dream bigger than I guess, you know, I guess than you're supposed to, but I'm never going to stop that. I'm always going to be a dreamer. I'm always going to be hopeful of uh, something turning out even bigger and better than what it is. Do I think it's grown and evolved? Definitely 100% from when, you know, I started in 2009 all the way to now, um, you know, it's absolutely changed. The fans have changed. The atmosphere has changed uh, for the better, for sure. Uh, 
as far as the uniform stuff, I I I don't get too much into that. I mean, we all know what we signed up for as far as when we played LFL and you know right off the bat what you're going to wear. So if you don't if you have an issue with it, then I just don't understand why then why play, I guess. Um so that's my biggest thing with that. Not saying that I wouldn't like leggings just like every other player. We enjoy playing in leggings, but when I signed up for the LFL, you know, I knew what we wore. So our uniform is just like USA women's volleyball plays in the on the beach, you know. So Thank they, you. It, it, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I just don't I don't take the victim side of that um, per per se. I love football. Every girl that plays um, that I've played with loves football. When you're out there and after you get knocked in your mouth one time, you literally will not think about that uniform again. So. Um, uh, uh, but of course, again, yes, I played the season in 2018 when we had the leggings and did I have a lot less turf burn and all that? Yeah, of course, hundred percent. That's just normal. Um, did I enjoy leggings? Yes, because leggings is my outfit of choice for every day. But other than that, you know, uh, I, like I said, I don't get too much into the politics of the uniforms and all that, but, um, I have seen good the good and the bad and all of the the good, bad, and the ugly um, from the inception. And overall, you know, I'm just very appreciative and grateful for the, you know, uh, the the growth that has been there and me being able to be a part of it. And like I said, uh, you know, without the league and without the platform, I wouldn't have been able to meet half of the amazing friends that I have now and amazing athletes, you know, I've played with, like you guys said, some of the best athletes, but more so, you know, they will be my bridesmaids one day when I get married, and um, that's more important to me. I've always said that. So, all right, let me bring in Mac here to kind of pick your brain on on your uh, journey and your career. Hey, KK, how you doing? <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. You know, I was really pumped that we were able to get you back on the podcast after you know trying. For a while, you know, everybody's schedules didn't quite sync up well. So, but I'm glad you're here now, and I get to pick your brain. So, let's do it. Um, so, my first question, just in general, what would you say out of the entire time that you've played, um, you, your position and the sport of football in general, what would you what would you say has been your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway, um, I guess has been, uh, well, other than the camaraderie uh, that I just mentioned, I would probably say that's probably the biggest takeaway, um, the camaraderie with my teammates and my, you know, best friends now. Um, But also just by playing the sport, I guess learning how to turn your failure into success has kind of been, you know, uh, also something that I've, you know, I'm very grateful for, you know, learning how to take a loss and, you know, a mon- monumental loss of one, one you wish you, you, or one you think you should have won, you know, and turning it in to a positive and training harder and, you know, getting that championship the next year or whatever it may be. Um, that's probably what I would say is uh, kind of really helped me out too with perspective in life and perspective in business and working. So, I love that. See, you know, in, in my being a tenured veteran of about three different leagues, 
Uh, I can definitely attest to that. Some of my best friends, some of the best camaraderies I've had has been through playing, you know, the sport of football. And not even just on a women's basis, like on just a basis in general, you know, being an athlete and you having that connection with other athletes and being able to, you know, connect your lives through the sport is, I think, one of the best things that you can get out of athletics in general, especially with football, because it is, it's more of a mental sport than it is physical. You know, being able to put together 11 or 22 different personalities, uh, you know, to achieve one goal is already tough enough as it is. You know, doing it with a couple people, let alone an entire roster, an entire team, front office people. So I can definitely agree with that for sure. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the best feelings once you, you know, once you get, you know, get the awkwardness and break the ice and everything out of the way. You know, things just start to run smoothly, and it's almost kind of like, you know, strange fate, if you will. So right. I definitely understand that. Um, my next question is, so I, I'm, I'm kind of going to go back to the part where you had stated that you don't really get into the politics of, you know, the uniform, and you, you've been to the ins and outs, you know, of, as far as the good, bad, and ugly since the LFL itself, the concept has started. Um, what would you say has been the biggest thing that you have had to endure as far as, you know, getting people to hop on board with the fact that, you know, you guys don't wear the same uniforms as a full kit league. You, you know, you, you don't have necessarily the same, like, like you're playing the sport of football, but you don't have the same external concept as far as, you know, the look is concerned. So, like, how would you, how would you say that you've adapted yourself to get people to understand, like, we're still playing football as well? Um, I think that just by, you know, the way that I carry myself and the way that, you know, um, I like I, I I guess I treat it as a professional sport. Obviously, even though you know we don't get paid, um, you know, which obviously again, every athlete in this world, if they could play the sport they they love and get paid for it, that's you know that's a that that's a dream. You know, that's a dream. That would be a dream come true, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I guess just just leading by example. Um, you know, I've always. I train just as hard as, you know, I say, I, I know some of, some, of the, some of my friends that play in the NFL, I train just as hard as them. You know, I take care of my body just as, just, just as much as they do. I, you know, I take the sport just as seriously, seriously as they do. I study just as much film. So, um, and I, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of them are my friends. So when I'm in there training in the exact same gym they're training in and they see me, they're like, what do you play? And I'm like, football. They're like, what kind of football, like football, football, or like soccer? And I'm like, football, football. And then, of course, it takes that one time for someone that's a doubter or someone that doesn't understand, um, you know, the league per se, to come to the game. And then as soon as they see that level of field, the the level of athleticism and the level of competition, competitiveness that we have on the field, um, you know, it's instant respect. Uh, and yeah, sometimes sometimes people need that. Sometimes people have to have, so to speak, uh, check out the IG or check out the videos, whatever it may be, that they have to have some sort of proof to know that you're legit and you really are, you know, what you say you are. But that's everything in life, you know. I don't think that you get anything in life by just, you know, not having to prove it. 
So um, I, I definitely don't mind that. I don't mind the doubters. Uh, you know, I feel like I built, built my career on doubters and being undersized and saying that I couldn't be the best. And so I had to prove everyone wrong. Um, so, so yeah, that's, <clears throat> I guess at the end of the day, um, there's, you know, good and bad in that, good and bad in that question. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, wow. Well, I mean, I can't, I don't really think I have anything else because you pretty much just, you pretty much just knocked it all out with those two questions. I think the only thing that I would like to ask now is just, if you didn't play quarterback, what other position would you play and why? Oh man, if I didn't play quarterback, what other position would I play and why? Do I have to pick one? No, you can pick multiple if you like. I would say um, I would probably pick safety, uh, free safety, or a receiver. The reason why is because of being quarterback, um, I understand kind of a quarterback's mind. So one, I think it could be a, you know, pretty good little Wes Welker, you know, uh, uh, as a receiver and, and understanding, you know, maybe not being the fastest person, but being able to run really good routes and know, know how to get open. And then uh, safety, you know, I, I always play around and practice anyways, and I love playing defense. Um, I get to play defense when I play flag football, which is awesome. But obviously my coaches would never let me play defense uh, in the LFL, which makes sense because can't get me hurt, which I which I get, and and I respect. But I love defense, so I love being able to read the quarterback's eyes and being able to pick it off. And um, I can definitely you know read quarterbacks really well because I am a good a, a great quarterback. So um, so yeah, I guess I guess that would be it. But it would be really hard, even even in flag. You know, when someone picks me up on their team and they're like, "Oh, we have a we have a quarterback already." Somehow, I am always talked. I'm like, "Okay, awesome. I'll be able to play receiver. Or I'll be able to play this." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. No stress, no pressure. I'll come out. I'll be able to just play around and have some fun." Somehow, either one game in if it's a tournament, or five minutes in if it's just a single game, I am thrown right into quarterback position. Because they're like, let's pick a quarterback, and then it's all downhill from there. So, and then I'm right back into that position. So I just feel like it's kind of the uh, position I'm 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 definitely most comfortable in, and the position that I'm constantly pushed into by my friends or my teammates. Yeah. Wow. I that's I love that. Yeah, I play. I'm I'm a utility player, so I play across the board and. Actually, the the only position that I haven't played for like a longevity of time is actually quarterback, um, and that's one that I would love to play because I I mean I played softball, I played basketball, I you know I know how to throw, but I think just being like being a quarterback and having that thought or having to have that thought process of having to watch everything, including your you know your offense and your, you know offense, running backs, you know, the defense, the schemes, like, I love that kind of critical thinking. I think being a quarterback is one of the hardest jobs on the field because of the fact that you have to. All right. Um, KK, I'm going to bring in Nate in here, big Miss fan. He's been at almost every game that you've been in place. 
Um, obviously part of the Miss crowd. So um, we'll bring in Nate here. Ken, what's up, KK? Hey, Nate, how are you? I'm good. I would be in trouble if I didn't tell you my wife wanted me to tell you hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you better do what wifey tells you over there, all right? If she's listening right now, I wouldn't hear the end of it. (laughs) All right, well, good, 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 all right? Wifey knows best. I guess I'll um I'll I'll piggyback off of um Mackenzie. You know, she kinda of talked about different positioning. My big thing, I, I always like asking this, especially when you know, you talk about a resume such as yours. Taking away the, the accolades and the um the legends cups and everything, is there something you personally would have done differently over your career? In general. Is there something I would have done differently over my career? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually don't think so. Um, you know, mm-hmm. other than if I wanted to be, you know, picky, I, I guess I could say break down a certain play that, you know, I should have done better or I, you know, should have made a better read on. But, you know, you can't you can't go as an athlete. you got to, you know – you don't really do that. Obviously, after the game, you pick through it, and then you learn from your mistakes and you move on. Um, especially as a quarterback, you have to, you know, learn to have a, um, you know, a fast, you know, whatever, whatever they say, like learn to get get over your mistakes fast. Um, especially if you want to be good. Uh, so I would say no. I mean, I've I've been I've really enjoyed my journey. Um, everywhere that I've gone, all the teams that I've played for, um, you know, and obviously ending up in Seattle, I it's 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 kind of crazy because um, a lot of people that don't know the story of how I ended up here. Um, I'm not going to bore with the details right now because it's kind of a long story, but I, I definitely did not think I would ever have ended up here. And I, and I almost did not come out here to play, but I am so grateful that I did. And I made that decision and took a month to think about it and then randomly did it. Um, you know, lost or left a really, really good job, um, a bit really good business opportunity as well. Uh, when I did leave Florida, um, and my family, but I absolutely play in the game of football, and any chance that I can get to do that and pursue my dreams, which is you know playing football at the highest level, and um, you know playing a sport that I love, I'm I'm gonna take it, you know, every every day and twice on Sunday. Well, it was a Tampa Bay Breeze clip that got uh, Vicky hooked us into to LFL. So, you know, if, if it hadn't been your quarterback play and her getting hooked on that, I don't think we would be not only LFL, uh, X-League fans to this day, but also have the connections we do with you and a lot of the other players. So we have you to Aww. thank for that start. Oh, that's awesome, guys. Man, I how awesome was Tampa's stadium? I just, I, I just don't even think a lot of fans, you know, go back to know that from back in the day. But the St. Pete Times Forum, obviously it was called then. Now it's called Emily mm-hmm. or I don't even know. It's rebranded its name like 700 times. Whatever it at is. That arena. Yeah, whatever arena it's called now. But, man, that was that was one of the nicest, if not the nicest, uh arena that the LFL ever got to play in, I think. Um, so it was it was beautiful arena. Yeah, 
Show her centers. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's be- <laughs> it, it, Florida is beautiful. <laughs> Show her center is good, but I mean the the Florida arena was right on the water. If you remember that, you know it was it's it's beautiful. I do. I remember so. those aerial shots. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, go ahead, Oscar. I'll hand it back to you. Thanks, KK. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. So, KK, uh, everybody's excited uh, to, you know, figure out. We've had direct messages on our uh, pages just asking for us to get you on board. So I really appreciate you uh, making some time. I know your busy schedule and everything else. Um, Do you feel like um, you're a legend at all at this point, or do you feel like you got a lot more to do? But the fans really think of you as, you know, one of the best quarterbacks that ever played this game. I mean, right next to Salerno and, and company. I mean, you, you're probably the next name that comes up in terms of quarterback. So that's got to, I guess, is it make you feel good that you, that you're leaving some sort of legacy in, in regards to, to this sport and that how the fans perceive you as, you know, a champion, a winner, a journey woman. And you, you, you obviously started in Tampa and like you said, you the cast around you was amazing, you know, Gorman, Purnell, mm-hmm. a lot of people. So just to get, you know, to make the sacrifice to go to Seattle and then how it's ended up, um, it's, it's just, you know, I think fans kind of like appreciate the fact that, um, you know, you're one of the best in terms of the uh, Legends Football League in general. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, that's all, like I said, it's, that's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's why athletes, you know, play the sport that they love, and that's why I've played. You know, um, you know, for for the fans and for my teammates for as you know, as long as I have, and as long as I as long as I will, it'll be always be for more than likely the the fans and the teammates. So, um, you know, no, I you know absolutely love that. As far as feeling like I have much much else to prove, not really. I already have the most you know championships as any quarterback that's played in the league. Um, you know, so I think that, you know, as far as the resume speaking for itself, if you were to look back. That's the bar really high, by the way. (laughs) What do you say? That sets the bar really high, by the way. (laughs) Right, right. You know, so I, I, you know, don't really feel like I have much else to prove to anyone else that I'm, that I'm the best or maybe the best, you know, arguably the best, uh, but as far as, you know, maybe to myself, I just love playing the sport of football. So, um, you know, if I get opportunities to do that and um, get to continue, then great. You know, if I, uh, if I, if I don't, I don't. So, like I said, you know, it could, it, it can go any, any other, any way. Um, or maybe I'll end up being like a Tom Brady and play till I'm 50. So who knows? But um, I've definitely loved every minute that I did that I did get to play on all the teams that I've played for so far. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate all the fans support and love and um, everything over, over the years. And I'm definitely flattered when, you know, fans talk about me in that light. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully one day we can all, you know, sit down in a room of all the amazing athletes, like, you know, the league of their own and, and have conversations like this, uh, which would be really cool, um, or a Hall of Fame grouping or whatever it may be. Um, I think that would be really cool. Um, I have one question from Twitter that I'm going to throw out because they've thrown it out there. 
is your relationship with Michelson a love-hate? Because it's such an amazing highlight reel when you're on game day between the two of you. It's sometimes comical and sometimes <laughs> it's very, you know, it's entertaining. And then other times you're like, hey, they really, they really must hate each other right off the field, you know? <laughs> That's it. Oh, no, 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 definitely. I mean, it's definitely love-hate at times. Um, but I think that the, the craziest thing about it is, is, is that, um, you know, our player coach relationship is like no other. So I think a lot of it's one, it's hard for some people to understand, but two, you know, that's, you know, one way that he, he can push me like no other, whether it, whether that means push me athletically or push my buttons, I don't know at times, <laughs> but, uh, we we push each other so um and he would even uh admit you know in times of interviews and videos that um you know i push him too you know i'm asking questions i'm constantly searching for knowledge and all those things and it's just when you get two it's like if you get two type a people in a room and you're constantly around them for hours mm-hmm. and hours on time of course you're going to have those quarrels but at the end of the day you know it's all it's it's you know like I said it's 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 definitely you see the love hate you see the love hate but it's mainly all love so um, you know at the end of the day uh, I I absolutely love that type of <clears throat> connection that we have um, as a player coach you know one of the one of the best and um, I'll 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 always love our little fights and our little quarrels. <laughs> Well, but I think fans really I enjoy I that. Down, <laughs> I never back down from a fight. So if uh, if you you know you ever see that, that's probably why I could have maybe just shut my mouth at times and it not have escalated. But you know, I I can't really back down from a fight. So, we we have uh, never have seen you non-vocal. Is that the word? We have never seen you non-vocal. Yeah, I am I am one hundred percent a very vocal person. So. So I think all the fans uh, yeah. appreciate that. I think the fact. Uh, do you even watch your highlights of game days, and do you sit back and kind of binge on popcorn no, like that, and you kind of just chuckle? Not really. Yourself? You know, like I said, not really. Um, maybe one day when I when I say one day when I'm like old and retired and out on the golf course playing golf and whatever whatever you do whenever you're retired, um, like really officially officially retired. I probably will, and I'll sit back and maybe watch it with friends. But the funniest thing is is, is that uh, my nieces and nephews are the ones that always bring up my highlight reels, and they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like Mommy, Daddy, Kiki, she's, she's, she's on YouTube. She's famous. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not. So I'll come over for, like, a holiday Ooh, or nice. get together. And the, ki- the eight-year-old got my highlight reels on YouTube playing loud freaking nice. blasting and I I am I'm happy at some of the moments and then sometimes I'm like, oh dang, I probably shouldn't have said that with an eight year old watching these films these highlights and then I'm just like, oh dang, yeah, let's turn it off. Let's just let's do something else. You know? But uh it's kind of <laughs> cute. Uh um that's kind of the only time that I've been watching uh you know, highlights of myself per se, but, um, you know, I, I love that they, they love it and, and they like to wear the number 15 around the house and, um, they say they're going to be number 15 one day and that, that makes me feel good and makes me, makes it, makes me feel special. So, um, 
but yes, I think that we all should have a highlight. We should have that highlight party one after this quarantine. We should have like highlights of all the greats. That would be so much fun. I feel like I'm missing sports so so much that man. That if somebody could get all the tape footage together from 2009 to now, then you know I would pay top dollar for that for sure. That would be awesome. All right, so KK, I really thank you for coming on. I know it's been you have a busy schedule and. and and you're always on the go, and like you said, you're running your business and stuff like that. Hopefully stay safe with this COVID thing, and and uh, all our fans really was requesting you to bring you on, and I really, it's been a pleasure. Uh, a lot of fans really love you, and uh, obviously Seattle fans most most of all love you. So it's it's been a oh, great course, interview, I and I really appreciate the fact that you can make the time for us, and looking forward to another chat, maybe in 2021 when the return of Matheny Hey, you never know. And thank you so much for having having me on. I uh, I really appreciate it. Anytime um, you guys ever want more athletic updates, you know, check out the uh, IG page, KK Matheny 15. And, uh, you know, I'll be posting any, you know, any new endeavors on there for sure in the coming future. All right, KK, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Stay safe. Uh, looking forward to 2021. And then obviously, We'll check it out, uh, KK Matheny 15 on IG. Sounds good. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, uh, Nate, there you go. Finally got KK Matheny in the house. Mackenzie uh, got her in here. Uh, everybody's requesting her. Uh, a lot of highlight reels. If you go to the... Uh, the LFL page or the X League page now, or you just all you gotta do is type in Kate Matheny on YouTube, as she said right there with with their family doing it. Uh, she's a, she's obviously a highlight reel. So if you're bored at home, I guess there you go. Yeah, fantastic! Whew. That was so cool to have her on. That was awesome. Yeah, I was geeking out. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie, I love it. Absolutely. I hope she comes hey, yo, back. Max, she's right, not the biggest quarterback, but she has the biggest heart. Have you noticed that? Absolutely. Not the Amen. Yeah, and, that girl's yeah, and got that's a why I heart. had. Yeah, that's why I had. You know, I was just blown away because she literally had answered all my questions, and I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like that is, you know, and uh, answers answers as she gave, and you know the way that she was you know, just explaining everything and just, mm-hmm. you know, being so wholehearted about it is what drew is what drew me to her. Because I and to be honest, I she was actually one of the first players that I had heavily watched when I started getting into the LFL um a little bit more because I'm just like she's not out here, you know, acting like she you know, acting like she's better than everybody. Like I can tell that she's put in work. I can tell that she knows her players, she knows the play, she knows her you know, she knows her craft. And that's one thing that I look for. It doesn't matter if it's LFL, um, WFA, WNFC, NFL, XFL. It, it, it doesn't matter. If you know your sport and you have a passion for your craft, it will show. And she is one person that it it heavily shows and shines upon. So I am just – I'm blown away with her. Yeah, I know. And she's – like I said, she's a legend in this sport, you know, this seven-on-seven seven sport. She's obviously uh, – like. You know, she she has a she was very bold, right? She said, "Hey, I'm the winningest quarterback in this league." 
<laughs> and I'm not done yet. So <laughs> there we go for right. for uh, positive attitude, right? It's like uh, the the bar's already set, and she wants to say, I guess, uh, add to the bar as as she claimed the Tom Brady mentality. So uh, she, you know, she's obviously very good, and you know, shout out to her if she gets on the U.S. flag team. I mean, that's one of a one of her dreams as well is to get on the United States stuff. National team, the flag team, and she's a really good flag player too. She came from that realm too, so um, you know it's going to be exciting to see her on the roster on the flag team. Just a lot of talent there too. All right, Mackenzie. Um, all right, what's up with your boy Dak? Not enough money. We can't. I mean, he hasn't contributed to a Super Bowl championship in Dallas. I don't understand this. It's just like, I mean, I know it's an agent thing, but I mean, at some point, you know, you got to figure out. You're gonna to have to help the team like Brady's done, or you're gonna be just a selfish so, person. And yeah, I don't know. So man, so here, here, uh, this, this, this Dak situation is an interesting one, for the plain fact that no, he has not contributed to a Super Bowl championship run. Um, no, he has not quite. Um, He's not quite fulfilled the playoff expectations that are with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. However, you know, Dak Prescott has has proven that he can play in big games. Does he need to prove it a little bit more? Yeah. Do I think he's worth $175 million? Hell no. I don't. And I am a Uh diehard Cowboys fan. Absolutely not. Do I think he needs to pay? Yes, I do. Hey, Mac. If you're on that table, you probably would have withdrawn that offer too, right? <laughs> like laughed oh, at it. Oh my god. <laughs> well, so so here's the other thing is, and and I think part of this has to do with the effect, the fact that his partner in crime and sole sole running mate Ezekiel Elliott just got a you know a ninety million dollar contract, which makes him the highest paid running back in the league today. That's a big currently. point. Yeah, that's valid. Um, and I feel you know, and I feel that you know he's. And I think because he's he you know has the unwitted title of being America's team starting quarterback, you know all the intangibles and fandom that comes with being a, a star quarterback for any team, not even Dallas, is the fact that the quarterback is one of the highest paid positions on a football field, on a team, on a roster, point blank period. One of the toughest jobs, just like I was speaking with. Um, KK Matheny a couple minutes ago, but what he needs to realize is he has to keep he has to be able to build on what he's what he has been. Now, granted, yes, you know, last year didn't go as well because he had to sit out. A bunch of stuff happened. You know, it just it wasn't hap- You know, it just it wasn't in the cards. But you're going into your you're you're going into your fifth season, fourth or fifth season. You're off a rookie contract. You're not. You're not in this stage of being new anymore. You have to start producing, like, the like the franchise and 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 fans know, which means getting past, getting to the playoffs without getting to the you know without having to do it to the wild card. Being able to carry, being able to carry a team, you know, almost perfectly without very little mistakes, which is hard to do. Even for the goat Tom Brady, it's hard to do. It's a thing. It don't matter what sport. Um, but I do believe he should be paid. He's not in his rookie, you know. He's he's out of his rookie contract. One hundred seventy-five mm-hmm. million dollars is not what he's worth at this point. Absolutely, hell no, absolutely not. 
but unfortunately I the think, market and I, and the market's so whacked the market's so whacked in terms of that of those numbers that if you're in his position, I mean, if you can get 175, I guess you say, can you get me 175, <laughs> basically? Well, yeah, and, and, and that's the other thing is, you know, and I feel like a good probably 40, 45% of this is an agent thing. But in the sure. same respect, okay, so Dallas mm-hmm. offers him a, you know, a five-year contract, $175 million, which would make his, his, annual, his, his annual checks stipend, like, well, I did the math earlier on this, uh, like $45, 55000000 million a year. I think that's – if I did that think math correctly. 55. Um, yeah, $55 a year annually without incentives. I think, I think that's why he turned it down because – so if he takes this $175 million, con, million dollar contract, $55 million annually, and he gets to the playoffs or, you know, gets to the wild card and wins, he gets no incentives because he took a bigger contract. And for and a bigger contract for a longer amount of time, I think what he's looking for is a lot like Zeke's initial ground contract as far as what he just got. You know, ninety million total, thirty-six million, um, two three years, uh, starting in twenty twenty-two or twenty twenty-one, whichever his signing agreement bonus was. Um, I think that's what he's looking more along the lines of. But but what he don't understand is. You can't – you literally, in, in this league right now, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot be paid, a, 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 a you know, a $175 million over five years and have it be a short contract with with incentives. You either have to Tell take a smaller really contract cool, with incentives. Well, it's outrageously irritating to me. I know. Like, you you cannot have both. It's absurd. Like, you have to have – It's absurd that he's asking so much money. And he hasn't produced. That's my only issue with it. It's like, I understand you're the quarterback. Cool. I'm good with that. But you haven't produced. You know what I mean? You haven't taken them deep in the playoffs. You're not one step away from the conference championship. It's like, you haven't shown you're worth it. I think, I think we're losing, like, the market mentality about how the league, uh, the agents are losing. And, you know, I think the agents just has their best interest, of course. But the reality is the market, uh, you know, dollars, are just completely absurd. So, and, and here's the other thing with just, you know, kind of just backing up your point as far as him not, you know, him not producing. I think in the eyes of Jerry Jones, he has because he, he Jerry Jones is one of those, you know, them, them good old boys. He is a huge fan of longevity and loyalty. If you've been with the program through, you know, the ins and outs, thick and things, you know, Dak Prescott was, Tony Romo's backup. Tony Romo got hurt. Dak Prescott takes over the reins. Has he taken it a little bit slower? Yeah, absolutely. Good, good but point, Max. Sense, good point. You know, in, in the same sense, in the same sense of, you know, Dak take, you know, picking up things a little bit slower. Not, you know, not quite being that, you know, pickup star. You know, like Romo and Staubach and. Um, you know, Troy Aikman, you know, those those previous star quarterbacks of the Dallas Cowboys history and franchise um, with him as far as getting trying to get that money. And I can tell you that this is more than likely the, um, you know, the defense that him and his agent are using and probably mainly his agent because Dak, Dak knows hard work. Dak, yeah, like, if, if anybody knows anything about football, anything knows – anybody knows that, that what Dak Prescott has come from. So people out here are talking about, you know, he doesn't know hard work. I promise you, he lost his mom in, in, in college. 
okay, takes them to to a national championship. Like, stop. But Zeke also has not has not produced, and he just got a million dollar contract. And at this point, it, it sounds childish, but it's more of okay. Well, he's in the same boat I am, but he got a bunch of money, so mm-hmm. I, you know, why am I not getting offered that mm-hmm. same amount of money or something close to those? I, I think the quarterback kind of worth the quarterback worth is obviously justified with the higher pay. I, I totally totally get that. The only problem is uh, you're not going to be seeking a you know the highest paid quarterback when you got no resume to back it up. You know what I mean? So let's take Mahomes. He's going to be basically maybe resetting the market when he signs his new contract because he's obviously an NFL MVP and took it to the Super Bowl. So he's worth the 45 to $55 million just right off the bat. I don't think there's even going to be a question there, right? I would agree. I mean, obviously I not that. with being, you know, yeah, you know, with being the Super Bowl quarter, you know, the Super Bowl MVP, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, 2019-2020 season, Super Bowl champions, off top, 45. He's in that 45-50 million a year annually contract. Uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's kind of child's play and a childish argument, but it's like, well, that's not fair that he, you know, Zeke got this giant $90 million contract. He held out for two, three months, two, three, you know, extra weeks during, you know, preseason and OTAs and scrimmages, things of that nature. And Dak, who has been here the entire time, you know, through Zeke messing up, through the doubt, through, uh, you know, potentially not having him, having sign Amari Cooper so he has somebody else to throw to because he doesn't, you know, he didn't have Dez anymore. He's been through, you know, a little bit of the thick and thin so far in his short tenure. So I totally understand, like, yo, I want my money and I want paid. Not $175 million. Hell no. Yeah, that's my attitude, too. I don't think it's that. I mean, if Mahomes, I think, will at least warrant the highest paid once this contract is up, should deserve it because, I mean, he's proven it. He's obviously taken him to the promised land, and he has the hardware to prove it. So so we'll see what what happens there. Um, But, you know, it's just agent-driven anyways. It's like, you know, whoever can get you the more money, it's really just the bottom line. And if somebody's willing to pay it – I mean, the NFL is so lopsided in terms of salary that there's no matrix for a decent quarterback. There's, like, no ranking for, okay, you got to win this and this before you get this amount of money, that type of mentality. Uh, there's, like, no structure for the salary cap, in other words. It's like any team can just blow it out of the water, as an example, and just, you know, based, based on that, you get paid for it. So that, I think, right in itself is just a bad thing. But overall, I think uh, two different perspectives – you know, one's coming onto a contract that probably deserves the money. The other one has played various seasons and hasn't proven anything in terms of, you know, intangible. So to your point, yeah, you probably he probably doesn't deserve it. But Jerry Jones maybe, like you said, loyalist, maybe signs the check at this point. All right, guys, um, 20% off at the No Joke Football Shop Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so we can't forget, you know, all the sacrifice of all the uh, soldiers and veterans that obviously have sacrificed for our liberties and freedoms. So shout out to all those and Semper Fi to all my uh, military guys and women. So Memorial Day weekend. So 20% off at the uh, Zazzle shop. Uh, you can go there and check it out and save 20%. If you get Zazzle Black 99, you get free shipping in the U.S. All right. If you haven't gone to the hub, you guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, we are blowing up at the hub. So I haven't, I, I don't know, the last, uh, 
two weeks, we're almost at uh, 700 new followers. Can you imagine that, guys? Blowing up over over 200% in post reach. Last week, we reached almost 35,000 fanatics at the hub. So, Mac, I don't know what you're doing or whoever else is doing, but everybody's helping us out, sharing, posting, you know, liking. Uh, but literally, we are blowing up. We are almost at 10,000. It's about wow. we're at what 72 or something. Now we're at 82 at the hub, shooting for 10 grand, uh, 10,000. Should get there by the end of June, hopefully at this point. But wow, there's a lot of fans diving into women's American football, and that's what we wanted, and this is where we're at. You know, I'm the voice of the people, Oscar. It's a thing. You know, people people tune in. You know, people tune in to listen to us speak. People tune in to listen to us debate. Sometimes, really, people just tune in to listen to me be salty and to just run my mouth like I do. So I don't see yeah. why they wouldn't listen when I tell them to get yourself to the hub, order some stuff from Zazzle, you know, and, and, and enjoy the content we are bringing you know, to the world of football in general. It is not even women's football, football in general, because we cover football across the board. Women just happens to be a giant target of ours. But like I said, you know, being being the salty voice of the people, Oscar and Nate, is literally, like, if I could be an Olympic athlete other than sports, that would be it. I mean, I would probably be an 18-time world medalist at this point because, you know, the content that we give is just, it's it's pure. You know, we're, yes. we're not, you know, we're not out here like other platforms. We're not out here. We, we don't, unfortunately, we don't yet quite get paid to do this. But I promise you when it when we do, whew, boy, it's going to be great. I'll tell you that. But so you bring a lot to the table. To get I can to your, tell you that right now. We you do know, bring a lot to the table. To the hub. Like, that's where you get all your information. That's where that's literally where you get most of your stuff is from the hub. So I don't know why we're not at 10,000 now. So I'm going to need everybody to get over there right now and get yourself to the hub, okay? All right, Nate, if you haven't got to the hub, you better get to the hub, or you're going to get the salty get, one on you. Absolutely. Get over there. Keep keep listening. With, to everybody out there listening, to following us, we can't do this without you. We don't get to sit here. We don't get to debate. We don't get to converse without you listening in. So the more you bring in, the more we get to do this, the more we get to have fun and bring you all the exciting insight within and outside of women's football. Keep it up. We thank you guys so much. This is so amazing, guys. All right. So we are going to be back next week with another episode, and uh, you can do a replay on Apple, Spotify, uh, pretty much iHeart, everywhere you get the platform. So you can listen to Mac, you can listen to Louise Bain, listen to Troy Wilson, myself, uh, also Nate Ward, and uh, Holly Custis as well. So Guys, check it out. Great uh, show today. Thanks for Brandon Shelby, WFA Commissioner, coming in and giving us some insights, as well as the legendary QB, K.K. Matheny. So uh, we're the salty one. And Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez, here. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.